Welcome back, everybody, to the Hoosier Band Podcast. Joining me today, as always, is my co-host, the beautiful, the very funny, Mr. Sean Morton. How are you, Sean? Oh, thank you, Jeffrey, with your beautiful yellow Lakers shirt. That's right. <laughs> this is this shirt, I'm wearing it in honor of our guest today, because our guest, not only have you seen him on The Tonight Show with three different hosts, you have to say that when you introduce Bobby, by the way, um, he's also played uh, The White House. Uh, this guy has was the host of VH1's Stand Up Spotlight. He is an author. He has also played numerous times and with the USO. Please welcome everybody. Our special guest for today, Mr. Bobby Collins. Hey guys, it's a pleasure to be with you. It's a pleasure. Let me help you out here. <laughs> Jeff, do you know do you know why I'm wearing my Montreal Expos T-shirt today? Because you want to be cool. Because the last time I was on stage was the last game that the, ex the Expos played. <laughs> Is that unbelievable? Five uh, months. I'm five dying. months I've been out. What's going on in L.A., man? Oh, these people here. It's, you know. I, I grew up in New York City, so of course I still have a home there on Manhattan. And my wife loves it here in Santa Monica. We're right by the ocean. And it's, these are the most white, privileged people you could ever come across. You know, their whole thing is, oh, my God, I don't think there's going to be a red carpet this year. Oh. <laughs> you know, this this is, you know, they sit in front of their mansions, in, in front of their pools, telling other people, now, don't go out if you don't have a mask and social distancing. Their pool is bigger than my apartment ever was in New York City. <laughs> this is I'm what's cool. happening. It's Jumanji. Now let's talk about um, New York City because you're living in LA now, but growing up, you grew up in New York, correct? Yeah, yes. You grew up in Queens. Queens and then Manhattan, and then we eventually made it out to Long Island. Long Island. Long Island. Now, when you were in uh, high school, were you a funny guy? Were you like the class clown? Because you... you're also an athlete. People don't know that about Bobby Collins, yeah. but even now, Bobby still plays. Listen, Steve Marshall tells me, and Howie Dewey tells me on good authority that you can still shoot, man. You're still a player. Oh, I played basketball in, in high school and in college. I loved basketball. Basketball was our only outlet. That's why when people call me up today, like this morning, Bobby, you want to play golf with us? I said, no, but you can send over a gun and let me put it in my mouth and blow my brains out. <laughs> you know, are you out of your fucking mind? Or baseball? I'm not a baseball fan either. You don't go one out to the pitch, Dodger games? One, no. One pitch, uh, 1,001, 1,002. The guy gets the ball back. He scratches himself. He drops. He picks up a pass. 27, 28. It's the, unbelievable how boring it is. It was very tough watching the Yankees doubleheader yesterday. <laughs> Did you watch I watched the doubleheader yesterday, but they have different rules now for doubleheaders because of COVID. Now they only do seven innings, right? Really? And yeah, I'm double headers. And because they canceled the Yankee game the day before because of the tornado, they played both games in Philly. But the Yankees were the home team for the first game. But not the second game. Not the second game. Right. I know. I know. Is baseball, Adam, is baseball going to last? No. Next week it'll be over. Right. Because no, I've been I saying basketball. Basketball is going to be fine. Basketball yeah. will be fine. Baseball will make it through simply because they don't want to give up on the revenue from the uh, from the TV contract for the playoffs. They even added an extra rounds of playoffs. Right. All about the money. Right. All about the money. NBA, 
and the NHL not only is a quality of play fantastic so far, aesthetically right. it looks tremendous. It really does. Have you been watching the games in the bubble? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I've been watching. Uh, uh, yeah, I watched. Uh, you know, every day, which is nice because I'm out here in California. The games start at three o'clock and they're over by eight. So whatever that, you know, it's Perfect. wonderful. Perfect. And I only Perfect. watch four quarters of games because the first three quarters are boring. No, <laughs> I don't know if a lot of people know this, and I don't know. If, maybe this. I don't know if it's true or not about you, Bob. But um, is it true that your dad named you after his favorite comic, Bob Hope? Hope. One day I asked my mom that, and she didn't even know I wanted to be a comic. And one day I said, "Hey, Ma, just curious. Why? Why did you guys call me right? Call me Bob, Bobby?" And she goes, and she's doing the dishes, not thinking of anything. She goes, "Your father loves Bob Hope." I go, "Ma, do you know I want to do comedy when I grow up? I think I'd really like to do comedy." She goes, "Yeah, that's good." And she kept doing the dishes. <laughs> when did you know you wanted to be a comic? Um, I really knew it when I was young because when I was really young, uh, I was shy. And when, when you're shy, I used to see these kids that were popular. They, or they got girls. They were, uh, had a lot of laughs. They'd fool around. And I said, wow. I even said to my friend Greg, I said, Greg, we should be more hanging out with those guys. And Greg was, no, you go ahead and do it. And I did. And I went out and told the jokes, and I became very popular. I was the president old, of my high school. How old were you? Oh, back then, I say I was about seven and eight going up. Really? That early yeah. you knew that's what you wanted oh, to do? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember the teacher, uh, we had to write a composition. What do you think you want to do when you get older? And I raised my hand. I didn't know how to spell comedian. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what's crazy? funny about that is, doesn't don't you grow up later on to become a teacher? I did. I was a teacher for for really one year, one year. And but that again was a motivation because uh, I was teaching for one year, and I had thirty two kids in the class, and it was U.S. Foreign Policy, which was an elective for high school students. So it was twelfth grade, and I I had an audience. I had a captive audience. So if I had to talk about what your father and them was wearing back then, you know, uh, uh, their pants was rolled up to their, you know, uh, their ankles. And I'd stand on a, a table and show them. And th- yeah, it was comedy. It was, you know, I used it. Did you like it? Teaching? Yes. No. You didn't. And at no. the same time, that's, you're still, at that time in your life, you're pursuing stand-up. No, at that time in my life, I weren't. I wasn't. I was. Uh, I ended up going. I got a job uh, at Calvin Klein. That, right. Right. Now that's another weird thing about about Bobby Collins right. is that you not only did you get it. Wait, you didn't only just get a job at Calvin Klein. You were a vice president at Calvin Klein, correct? Right. Right. And they had six of them. I, I was. Uh, I was doing comedy at night. But in, in order to, you know, we got $15 a set, Catch a Rising Star, Good Times, The Improv. You got 15 bucks. So during the day, I had to work. And I got a job at Calvin Klein. And at, to all the buyers that came in from around the country, I'd say to them, hey, what are you guys doing tonight? Because people buy the person. They don't buy the, the product. That, that, everyone's got a product. 
Now you take that philosophy with you on stage. Yeah. And then I, I'd say to them, I'd say to the uh, buyers, hey, I do stand-up comedy. You ought to come over to Catch a Rising Star. It's a place on 68th Street and, uh, you know, First Avenue. What do you do? They, they just sit and write up their orders. They were afraid in New York City. Go up in New York. Yeah, oh, I come from the Midwest. Oh, I come from the South. I go, and they felt at home with me, so they'd show up. My orders were huge. Hmm. And then one day after six months, they called me in, the head guy, and he says, hey, we're going to make you executive vice president. And I said, you have six of them. And, and he looked at me. I go, does it mean more money? He goes, yes. I go like this. Then you can call me emperor. I didn't care. <laughs> I wasn't going to stay there much longer. I stayed there the whole time, about, about tw- 10, 11 months. Oh, I got yeah, that's it. it. And did comedy full time. You know, it's one of my goals is to actually get sponsored by Calvin Klein. It's my favorite clothing line. But I actually have a company that actually does send me clothes every once in a while, and they're called Dirtbag Clothing. So <laughs> is that true? So it's dead, dead truth. I'm, so I'm trying to upgrade from being a dirtbag to a Calvin Klein model. So I'm, I'm on my way. Well, the only thing, and I was talking about this at dinner the other night, because that's all we do is have dinner out on the lawn here in Santa Monica. Uh, somebody was asking me about that and I, and she was talking about how, what she buys, all this. And she goes, Bobby, I heard you work with, I learned the quality of clothing, material, the texture. And that I, I, when I go in and buy a sports jacket, I always feel the quality and that, and you know what, you know, how much it should cost, how much it is, you know, this is all cotton. This one's selling for $49. Yeah. You could buy the same thing over at, uh, uh, bet you know, uh, Walmart's for twelve ninety nine. It's the same quality. Go for the better quality. Always go for the better quality. So, what were the early days of uh, comedy like for you? Who did you who did you pal around with? Who 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 was like in your group when you came up? Oh, when I when I mean, I used to take dates. Even working at Cal, I used to take dates when I was dating to uh, Catch a Rising Star. So I'd see Freddie Prince, I'd see David Brenner, I'd see, you know, and it was great. You know, I'd sit there and I'd like, oh, I can do this. I can do this. And then I'd even give the girl, I'd give her some money to take a cab home. She goes, what are you doing? I go, well, I'm going to stick around and watch. You know, she wanted to leave after three or four acts. And I'd stay. And then I eventually, I eventually went over to the guy, the bartender, and asked him, how do I get on here? And he said, uh, you got to come on Mondays. You got to come early by four o'clock. They give out tickets and you can only do tr- uh, six minutes tops. That's when they had a piano player. Remember? Piano right, right. player play up and, and down. Hey, did so, you ever go over to Pips in Brooklyn? No, never. Everyone asked me that. Never did. You just seem like the perfect comic for that room. Oh, yeah. And all the comics I worked with that we all knew each other was everyone from Drew Carey to David uh, to Jerry Seinfeld, to um, you know, all the guys we all knew, Jay Leno, we all knew each other. So now, now you 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 get in, you're starting to work the circuit, you're doing well, and then all of a sudden, I don't. I, how did this happen? How did you wind up hosting uh, VH1 Stand Up Spotlight? That was a show that was uh, made very popular Rosie. by Rosie O'Donnell. Rosie O'Donnell was a friend of mine. Again, a comic that was we were all together. So one day uh, I took up for her. Somebody uh, said something and I took up for her. And the next thing you know, <laughs> she did some TV uh, movie, A League of Their Own. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Of course, Penny Marshall. 
a Madonna or something like that? Right, right. Was well, it Madonna? Of, yeah, Madonna. She, she, she kind of, kind of just made it. Right, and yeah, and all of all of a sudden, I get a. Uh, all of a sudden, I got a call. I was watching her on some TV show, and they asked her, "What are you going to do with that show with the uh, VH1 stand-up spotlight? Remember with the flashlights?" Of mm course. -hmm. And uh, she said, and I didn't know this. She says, "Oh, I'm. It's it's going over to Bobby Collins. He's one of the funniest. You know, he's a gentleman, and everyone really loves him." And I was like, "Damn!" And my phone started to ring, and then VH1 called up, and I said. I, I said, I guess the uh, cat's out of the bag. Let's negotiate money. And then that really brought you to a different level. And you started to open for some of like, I mean, the Mount Rushmore of entertainers. So I, I have a question about three in particular. Okay. Oh, what, what was it like opening, working for Sinatra? You got, let's start with the best. Well, see, Sinatra's opening act was a guy named uh, Tom Treason. That's right. Yeah. And he was, he was always with Frank. I was always, at that time, I was doing an 88-city tour with Cher. They have similar managers. It's almost the same. And she, we had a month off. And then I got a call because Tom or someone, I didn't know him at the time, got sick. And they said, would you run over to Salt Lake City? We'll fly you right over to open for Frank Sinatra. Now, my wife's Italian from Italy. Frank Sinatra to her is, oh, you know, even though you and I know he comes from Hoboken, right? <laughs> so I was never that big of a fan, but this is show business. And I said, sure, how much? And they told me, and I got on the, the private jet. They flew me over there. I got a big guy named Jilly picked me up. Uh, that was his guy. He was like 6'6", massive guy. And he said, all right, don't refer to him. Don't call him Frank. It's Mr. Sinatra. Don't talk to him until he talks to you. And I'm listening to all this, but it's a job. So I'm going, okay, okay, okay. And we get there, and I go into this room where there's 12, 10, 12 people answering phones, you know, and he's sitting there with them. And they're going, hey, boss, it's that girl from Hoboken. She was on that strip club. He'd say, give her a couple of tickets. And, okay, you can give her to you know, that, that, that. And they were all named after parts of the body. Bobby, this is Tony the arm. This is Benny the foot. And I'm being a gentleman. I'm going, hi, Mr. Foot. Hi, Mr. Arm. You know, I, you know. So then the next thing you know, the phone, phones were ringing. He picked it up. He picked one up and nobody. He was like, everyone stopped. And I was like looking. I'm going, what's going on? He never answers the phone. And I could hear the guy on the phone say to him, all right, we need the substar opening act. We need the substar to come out for a sound check. Sinatra goes, he's a fucking comedian. He goes, just turn the power on. And he hung up. He looked at me and he went, you okay with that? I was like, no problem. No, no, we're good. No problem. <laughs> and this is, this is like in the 80s, right? Uh, early 90s, I think. Late 80s. Oh, okay. okay, yeah. So this is an older Sinatra. So you also mentioned that you uh, opened for Cher. What was that? Cher, come on. What was that oh, like? She was I love Cher. She's great. She's great. You know, I like, I learned a lot from opening. Remember, I was working comedy clubs. You look down, you look down. And, and those big arenas and theaters, you got to look up and make, make everyone feel as if you're speaking to them individually. So that was a big learning lesson. Uh, Cher was like that. Julio was like that. Cher, we would all join hands before the show and she'd uh, they'd say a prayer and ask God, you know, these people came out, they're, they're, 
with their hard-earned money to see a show. Let's give them the best show. I learned, I, like, you're right, you know, give each show. Don't just phone it in. Give each show the best, you know, and in a massive stage. We used to stand with in a mic just at a comedy club. Now I'm walking around. I'm talking to that, and I'm talking to that, you know. Cher, one time, first time I ever opened for her, we were at over 30,000 people, outdoor concert. People were in trees to see her. She arrived an hour and a half late. People were really upset. And then they went, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the comedic talents of Bobby Collins. I never heard so many boos in my life. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, I'm looking at them. I went out. I, I looked at them, and I basically said, I started my act. They were still booing. And then I said, hey, hey. I have to be here for 25 minutes. I go, we can make the most of it or not, but I'm still getting paid. And I made them laugh. And then after five minutes, I got them. And then I, I went backstage afterwards and I never, my underwear were wet from the sides of my armpits all the way down to my underwear. That's how freaked out that was. Wow. And the last person I wanted to talk to you about was uh, Dolly Parton. Because Sean and I both love Dolly Parton. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I have a, I had a problem with Dolly. <laughs> I did. I have a new book coming out, and it's called Great Stories, uh, Great Road Stories. And she had never played Caesar's Palace in Atlantic City, and she was booked there. And they called me up, and they said, Bob, Friday and Saturday night, you want this job opening for Dolly Parton? I went. Oh, yeah, she's that country western, hump me, dump me, you know, fuck me on the car bumper. I don't know that stuff. So I said, sure, how much? It's a business, show business. And uh, you got to remember, once you've opened for Sinatra, uh, Cher, Julio, they all want you, the big guys, you know? Uh, so I remember going there, and it's Atlantic City, it's Jersey, you know, it's our back, back door it's our back you know it's nothing by the I way know. bob i once opened up for uncle floyd <laughs> i mean if, if we're gonna name drop i'm you know i'm gonna i'm gonna go round for round with you. and, Je and jeff guess. opened for me three weeks ago so I that's did. Okay. <laughs> yes so i mean uh you know so so i can relate to exactly what you're talking about okay <laughs> uh what was oh so then the next thing you know i opened for her and I felt very comfortable. It's Jersey. It's, you know, it's New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. It's home. So we went off. I had a ball. And then I was changing afterwards in, my, in the dressing room, my room. And, she, and she, one of her girls came in. And I said, hi. And she goes, uh, Dolly really loved your set. And I go, oh, thank you so much. She said, uh, we just have a little problem. I said, what what's the problem i go did i did a shit slip out or a swear or something because usually you got it crystal clear and she goes oh no it's just that remember dolly had never she had never played there before so she was really nervous or whatever she was out of the south you know and uh they said to me we, they wanted to, me to tone it down they go could you just tone it down and that to me and you and uh, adam you know to us as comics, that was like, wait a minute, I'm the opening act. She's a big star. You know what I mean? Tone it down. This is New Jersey, Atlantic City. Let's have a business. So I heard that and I was like, oh, they want you to, you know, she does. Okay. They don't want you to, I'm not taking over your stage. You're the singer. I'm a comic. So then the next night, 
I got there a little early. I went out to the stage. The guys were warming up, the, all the guys from Nashville. I went, hey, guys, how are you? Being friendly like we are. They turned their heads on. They were cold as ice. And I was like, what the hell? I said, fine. Okay, I did my show that night afterwards. Uh, I did a good job afterwards. I get a call from my agent, Steve Levine, at that point. And he said, uh, who's now the president of ICM. And he said to me, hey, Bob, they want you to stay on for another 18 shows. And I said, I'm going to pass. And I told him, he goes, why? You know the money? And I told him why. And he said, really? I went, yeah, I, I don't need to be around that. I like, I like letting it out, having fun. You could have little, little insecurities that I'll deal with that because we all do. But no, no, come on. I so I, I never liked that. But here's the irony of the whole thing. About eight months later, she came out with a, a book. One of the, in the forward, one of the acknowledgements, eight of them, one of them was the comedian Bobby Collins. Hey. Wow. So you made it was weird question. because I guess you turn people down, they like you. I don't know. People <laughs> want what they can't have. I, I just moved on. It's okay. I didn't want to judge people. I was having fun. Look what we do. We get paid to have fun and make people laugh. Are you kidding me? What was the we, best? We used to. We used to. We used to. <laughs> right. Remember? Yeah. So as we're reminiscing going down memory lane here, what was the best gig you ever had? What was the worst gig you ever had? I guess the best is I love theaters. I love working theaters. So if I do 33, 40 theaters a year, all different places around the country, I just love walking in a big theater and they're there to see you. And they paid their hard-earned money to see you. So give them a show. Give them an hour, hour and a half. Give them a great show. Your opening act is 15, 20 minutes. But give them a show that you know the next time you come back next year, if they ask you, they'll all be there and they'll bring more. So I just love shows like theaters. You know, I don't, I don't like working in some theaters, uh, you know, some places around the country. I don't, people are dumb. You know, thank God my audience is educated. They come out, oh, Bobby, you got to talk. But, you know, when you're dead, you don't know you're dead. Other people feel the pain. Same thing when you're stupid. How about worst gig? Worst, worst gig? Worst gig. Oh, I've had, I, I guess, one time I was playing to a bunch of cops, and it was in a club, and it was a private thing. They ha asked me to come in for cops. I mean, uh, the club asked me, not the cops. And they were talking and just fooling around and laughing and with them, uh, about 200 of them. And I'm looking at them, I'm going, guys, why don't you shut the fuck up? Come on, I'm here, let's have some fun. <laughs> and they kept talking and one guy came over to me afterwards. He goes, what was that all about? I go, you're all loud, you didn't give a shit. I go, I do a show, I'm a trained uh, performer. I don't want to be right. So, you know, that was one and that was, when I first started. Now I know how to handle audiences well, but right. I thought they were very rude. Right. I, I thought you were gonna go in a different direction with that one because um, I, this is why forever, Bobby will always be in my heart because I do a, um, a pediatric cancer show every year. And at the last minute, I had an act drop out. And I was like, I'm scrambling to try and find who's going to be available to play the loony bit on Staten Island on a Saturday night. 
and I call Bobby just out of, out of fucking desperation. It's like, is there any chance that he's going to be in New York? I call you up, you pick up, and you're like, yeah, I, I'm here to do this gig, which which is said, man, when we were driving, you said that gig was horrendous, like 75 like in a restaurant and, and they were walking in front of you and everything. Um, right. That was brutal. Um, but then you come and do this, this cancer fundraiser. And right. I was like, Bob, if you could just give me 40, 45 minutes, I'd be forever. In and we had a great lineup. We had a Robin Fox. We had Anthony DeVito, Joanne Filan hosted. Bobby goes up, crushes for an hour and 25 minutes. I think every person there brought merch and the great thing about Bobby's merch is it all goes to a terrific charity. Which, which just talk a little bit about that charity because you know our listeners do you know uh, support the show and, and our guests. Uh, I have a, I have a little uh, one of my daughter. I have a little special needs daughter, and uh, she doesn't walk and she doesn't talk. And to me, she speaks volumes. And I I'm not so for. I was brought up in, again in New York that you always took up for. Remember the kids that were a mongoloids? Remember those? And if anyone called them retarded or anything, my mother used to say, any of those kids pick on Julius, this one guy. And she goes, let him know. And me and my brothers would be like, apologize. And if we ever catch it, you don't do that. You know, it's like you don't have a president make fun of special needs people. It's, you don't do that. We were brought up like it. So she goes to a camp called Zeno Mountain Farm. And it's up in Vermont. And it's one of the most special places I've ever seen. And my wife's on the board and she's a chef. So she goes up, it's a month long, 95 kids, nobody paid. Uh, half these kids are sitting in closets, you know what I mean? So they look forward to it. And uh, uh, we donate, we do these uh, shows called Comics for a Cause. And we do it around in Florida, New York and California. And matter of fact, the last show I ever did, March 15th, was down in the Boca Black Box, and it was for comics for a cause. Oh, sure. And, yeah, so it's kind of ironic. And, uh, you know, just to see these kids, how happy they are, and they, uh, their parents don't, can't afford to send them anywhere. So to have them come to this camp is pretty special. That's a great thing that you kind of yes, do there. And, and you get some great comics uh, performing on the show. With oh, you, right? we've had Jay Leno, friends, Ray Romano, Tim Allen, all the lunatics We all that I came up with. I'll call them up. And then there's Bill Burr, there's the Bobby, whatever you need, whatever you need. And that's what you expect. And I would do that And, and when they call. So that's what well, when we you do. come back, I'm available. So, you know, I did open for Uncle Floyd, so I'll be happy to do it, you know, on the arm. Um, Would love to have you. Would love to have you. So the name of our show is uh, Who's Your Band? And when I asked you to pick a band, uh, I absolutely love the choice that you made. I'm not a huge fan of this band, but, uh, you know, it's, it was a really interesting choice. Because we, we've never even talked about this band before, Sean. And the band Bobby picks is who, Bob? Santana. Santana. Come on, she's a black magic woman. I know three oh, Santana yo, songs. Oh, yo, come on, oh, yo, come <laughs> you know. First of all, a legendary band. I mean, without Santana, you know you don't have Journey because Neil Sean and Greg Raleigh 
played in Santana. And then right. another interesting member of form, I mean, Santana had millions of members, okay? Uh, Buddy Miles from uh, Jimi Hendrix uh, wow. was, a, was a percussionist uh, for Santana. Do you um, realize that Journey comes up on this goddamn show like every other week? <laughs> but no, it's like the, they're like the Kevin Bacon oh. of musical acts. There's always a link. You know, they, they, they've been around forever. They've changed their style a, a bunch of different times. But you, if, if you have a problem with, with, with Journey, you got to take it out on Santana. No, Call the Santana problem I have with guy. Journey is that stupid ending episode of The Sopranos where they made Don't Stop Believing the most popular song of all friggin' time. Now I can't go to a bar or a restaurant when I've seen some 19-year-old girl from SUNY Oneonta singing every goddamn lyric to that song. It's I hate a, the damn song. It's though. still a great song. It still holds up. Oh, Now, I worked with Santana's manager, which that was uh, Bill Graham. Um, I worked with him uh, for a number of years, in fact. Um, interesting story about um, Santana was uh, when he first started, uh, this is, we had just getting started, this is in the late 60s, there was a, uh, an LA concert promoter named Chet Helms. And he, you know, he saw the, the band play a few times and then uh, told Carlos, you know what? better off maybe keeping your day job he was a he was a dishwasher in a diner right yeah that i, I guess he kind of missed the calling on that because right out of the gate man santana's first album 1969 you know uh first first two songs on santana jingo and right. and evil ways and you then danger evil ways great remember those i love that I, you know, I, I always like the Beatles. I always like the Stones. But come on, give me somebody that you know. I always like the pick, Yeah, why did you pick Santana? Always loved him. You know, I remember when I was a kid, I'd always listen to friends of mine. They'd go, Bobby, what are you doing? I like Santana. I like the beat. I like the, you know, it's like Bruno Mars. I like that look too. They go that way. They go this mm -hmm. way. I Santana, like that. Yeah, had that very cool. Still does have a very cool Latin. Overtones right. in, in his music. Um, uh, Black Lives having Matter. Bill, <laughs> having <laughs> Bill Graham as your manager, um, he Bill Graham in '69 was helping organize Woodstock, and right. he, so now now he has this young band under his wing, and he's like, "Look, um, you got to get them on the bill." So Santana winds up playing a 45-minute set on the second day of Woodstock and then things just kind of like exploded for them. You know, the, the album and I took was out. at Woodstock. You were at Woodstock? Yeah. How the fuck old are you? Um, as, uh, <laughs> you were in high school and a friend of mine, John Mamaletzi, great guy, big kind of yes. Uh, I love he, the names, he, by the way. <laughs> he said to me, he goes, Bob, they're having this big thing going on up, up a little upstate New York. I go, yeah. He goes, he had a, uh, a nice new car. He just was just learning how to drive it. He goes, do you want to go? I go, sure. We went up, parked the car on the side of the highway like everyone else. We jumped on one of those trucks with everybody, just hung on. And we went there. And I remember sitting there. We were high school kids. And we were sitting there. And all of a sudden, I'd look over. Somebody's tapping me and they handed me a joint. I, hey. I went like that. I gave it to John, my friend. He he get, comes it back. I go, no, you got to pass it along. You got to pass it. He goes, oh, I'm 
<laughs> Did you get laid? No, no, no. But we, we saw all the, you know, we saw all the, they're up dancing, you know, and it was, it was great. Then Did the you, rain started. Oh, you for the rain, yeah. And then like Santana also, I mean, they follow up, you know, sometimes, you know, first album, you know, you, you kind of like, it, it's, it's kind of like a comedian when they, you know, their first album is all the years of, of work, right? But then the second album right is, is, yeah, is Abraxas. Right. Right, and that's you know, Black Magic Woman, which a lot of people don't know is a Fleetwood Mac. It's a Fleetwood Mac cover. Right, right. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it is. And also on that is the song you were singing before, Omo Como Va, which, uh, yeah, who uh, remember Tito Puente? Oh sure. Yes, yes. Yeah, in in the early in, Adam. Jump in anytime, Adam. In the early '60s, he makes that one really popular. It's a, it's a, it's a. Um, Spanish song that was written in the 1930s and Santana comes in and puts his own little spin on it and yeah it's, it's yeah. a I love the see I hadn't thought about Santana until you brought it up uh and then I went back and started looking at at all you know and listening to all the different records I knew what I found do you remember Sean you you know more Santana than you think he did a song in uh, 2003 off of an um Supernatural Supernatural was 99. That was Smooth and Maria Maria. Yeah. Those were two monster hits. They were great. Oh, yeah. But later on, in, in 2002, um, off of Shaman, um, the song uh, Game of Love with Michelle Branch. Yeah, he also, they also did a song, too, with uh, the singer from Nickelback on that album. And they, re they released a, a version of it. And then something happened where he never, the guy from Nickelback never told his record company. And they were like, you can't put that out. And they're like, well, we just released 500,000 copies of it. <laughs> and they re-recorded it with somebody else, too. I think with Steven Tyler instead. Oh, wow. Wow. I was just thinking, too, you mentioned the Stones before. Like, you have to think of, like, how good the drugs were at that time frame. Because the, I don't know if you heard, Jeff, they just released a Stones song that just came out called Scarlet that they recorded in 1974. They forgot about it. Okay. And it's with Jimmy Page playing guitar on it. Jesus. How much, how, what kind of Keith shit are you well? on? What's that? Is Keith Richards playing with it? Yeah, they all well? are. They're, apparently it was like a day where oh Zeppelin was God. coming out of the studio and the Stones were coming into the studio and they bumped into Jimmy in the hallway. And he was like, what are you working on? They played in this song. He's like, I'll, I'll play on it. So like they had, they're doing like this reissue of Goat's Head Soup that's coming out like in next month or something. Wow. How much, what kind of shit are you on that you don't remember recording a song with one of the greatest guitar players of all time oh, guesting on it? That's when you're smoking your body weight and pop. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> oh, God. I, I, and I had a similar experience like that with uh, Uncle Floyd. Yeah, we, uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> really. You're was, a nut. You're a was, nut, Jeff. <laughs> I love it's working with nut. Uncle Floyd because really every time tough. I walk into the room, I'll see him and he'll be like, what's your name? I go, my name is Sean Morton. Nice to meet you. Oh, nice to meet you. I'm Floyd. Are you paying me? <laughs> Who is that? Is, is, is he uh, Rich Voss's father? No, he's Italian. <laughs> and and here's the thing. Uncle Floyd's been around for like 100 years. He's only 62 years old. Right? The he is not he's, he's only in his 60s. Uncle he's Floyd only in his been, 60s. He yes. has got to be... He's got to be in his 80s. Nope. I, I will pull right. Nope. I will pull it up right now because I have this thing called Google, Jeff. All right. Well, well you're Googling that. You know what's another great... Oh, you're a good man. 
Oh, Sean is the best. Uncle um, Floyd is 68 years old. Fuck. How? He's been around forever. Yeah. He looks like he's 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 86. You got to figure he was wearing like the stupid hat and the coat. So he was probably 26 years old calling everybody who's uh, calling me uncle. You know what I mean? It's a little creepy to think about it. Oh, my God. You know what another great song um, Santana did? Do you remember, uh, Bob, do you remember the song Winning? Yes. From Zebop in yes yes and you, know Boy, you guys know your music huh or you that's what we do up. man that's what we do um but the thing with that song is uh if you ever listen to, and look up the words of winning um that song is a very inspirational song and it's used in a lot of cancer hospitals and like you know for you know to, to, to just pull people through tough times yeah. And that's why that song always kind of like uh, will will live on. It's a it's a great great underrated Santana song. You know what they're you playing. Play. You know what they're playing now in the hospitals now when they when they wheel the COVID patients out, right? What? That fucking Journey song, again. <laughs> <laughs> you ought to play that song when you shave, Jeff. Just shave that bed. Uh, it's. No, no, not until I know that they're. Bob, have you been performing at all? Me? Yes. No, no. Matter of fact, I got about nine calls for drive-in movies or something. That's like what that. I'm just gonna. That's what we're just getting at. I said no. I said uh, they asked me Zoom. No, I'm going to do as a favor to a lady. I forget her name. Deborah Becker. Deborah Becker, a comedian. Uh, I heard she fell on some times, tough times, and I, I did something, uh, her, her podcast, just, I did 27 podcasts, yours makes 28, and because uh, uh, it keeps you relevant, keeps you moving, and I did that, she asked me on the 20th, uh, 22nd or the 22nd of August if I would do a Zoom thing, so I got a couple of guys, uh, uh, you know, uh, Chris Roach, uh, Mike Ziegler, just to do 10, ten them, guys. Yeah, I'll do 15, 20 and let them keep the money if they make any and just to just to work it out. I'll try. I did a podcast for we did a podcast. I did 10 podcasts and that was fun. But, you know, I did all these videos that I put out just to keep relevant and have fun with. Did you see any of them in the video? Of course. Yeah. And I got calls from producers. Out here in Cal, Bobby, would you be interested in a podcast? No, why not? I don't want to say to comics, so when did you start comedy? And how long have you been doing it? And did you know such? I don't give a Wait, shit. Wait, those are the first fucking three things I asked you. That's <laughs> why I'm saying. Sean, hit him. You made me so happy, Bobby. You made me so happy. So then, and then he said, uh, well, would you do it's a been Zoom? Great seeing you, Bobby. And I really miss <laughs> Drive safe. Watch the Holland Tunnel. <laughs> uh, every time I'm near that stupid Holland Tunnel, I think about you, and I'm like, I can't let this guy get in front of me. You know, God forbid, I'm a good Samaritan. No, can't good do man. it. Be a good man. Drive good. Be grateful. Uh, Be grateful that you're still out in California, though, Bobby. Now what they're doing is they're doing checkpoints at the bridges true? and tunnels. Yes, yeah. they started uh, yesterday. Oh, out here it's out here it's. I went into a store. I didn't have a uh, mask by accident. I left it in the car. The lady said, sir, you can't come in. You need a mask. Some other lady gave me a Kotex pad with a rubber band. I used it. I didn't care. You know, one place I went in, they, they took my temperature. 
Yeah. Another place, I got a colonoscopy. So I'm taking advantage, <laughs> you know, and I pee a lot because I got older. So I, I just bought a uh, porta pot and I take it with me. I travel. What do the people out in uh, California think of the, uh, the mayor out there? Uh, I asked someone the other day that and they, they, they go, oh, he, we like him. He's good. He really cares. Uh, Gassetti or something. Gassetti, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, we were brought up in New York. You know, you have, uh, they have, what's his face there? Uh, mayor. We have Mayor de Blasio. Yeah, everyone hates Mayor de Blasio in New yes. York. He, you know, he that's why everyone hated Trump. He got 1% of the vote. Why do you think he moved to Florida? You know, and uh, no, politicians to us growing up in New York, it was just another corporation. It was a money corporation. You know what I mean? You sh I've met, I've performed at the White House twice. I've, you shake their hands, you want to clean yourself with a chicken. You, uh, you performed for uh, Clinton, right? Clinton and Trump. For Trump, really? Yeah. Me ah. and Celine Dion at his inauguration. Wow. I didn't, wow. Know, that. I didn't wow. know that. I didn't know yeah. that either. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and uh, money, money. People, money doesn't discriminate. People do. Because it's show business. Thank you. Because Thank it's you. show business. $7.50 to get through the toll booth. Listen, you don't, you don't, you, you don't hang out with, with, with Bobby Collins, drive around with him and, and not learn something. Thing. You, you'll, you'll learn don't let people in and that it's show business show business the business the you show because i i talked to a couple of uh, you know remember you know chris roach right good yes. long island guy yes yes and one day my wife said to me hey bob come see this guy we had stopped in at governor's comedy club on long island i was doing that uh westbury theater and afterwards she goes let's stop in okay we stop in i'm talking to the owner and all of a sudden, she, Jill says, Bobby, come see this guy. He's hysterical. He's sillier than you. I said, come on, let's just go home. Let's get out of here. I, I walk in and see him. He was Chris Roach. Funny guy. Made me crack up. Mm -hmm. And he came over to me, and I said to him, hey, how much would you charge to open for me in a uh, theater? I go, because I'll do some out in Long Island and New Jersey. And, and he goes, Bobby, I'll do it for free. I went, eh. show business. This is a business. You know, he goes, how about a hundred? I go, how about I do two first two for 500? If it works out, I'll give you a grant. And he said, humble, let's do it. And I've, I've worked with him for three or four years. And he can I be your bodyguard. Yeah. He's a great guy too. Yeah, I know. I, work, I worked with him at a little dinky club in Hartford. So the host goes up and the host is like six foot and he's barely clearing the ceiling because there's like an overhang, right? <laughs> so I get up there and I'm six three and I smack my head on there. So really? Like, I'm coming off and I go, Chris, you better be careful because there's an overhang there. He goes, oh, I've been here before. No problem. Walks right on the stage. Boom. Right on the side of the head. Right. Because he's like six, like six, seven, six, eight. He's a monster. I know. And I kid him. I said, he's not that high up on Brain Mountain. So when <laughs> I, 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 I laugh and kid with him all the time. He's a great guy. Great dude. One time, me, Bobby and Chris Roach, we did a show, remember, all in New Jersey, all the way in some fucking woods in, in New Jersey. And remember in the middle of the room, there was a chandelier made out of like deer antlers? 
Oh, it was upstairs in a place. Upstairs, upstairs, right. Right, and it was sold out, but there was a big thing in the middle, and then the stage was on one side, and I'm going, we, what a shithole. We were, yeah, we, it was st stage. I don't think there was a stage. I think, right. it was, I think it was Driftwood. I'm not sure, okay? <laughs> and we're, <laughs> there's like a row of seats, and then there was like a big square where this, this antler chandelier right. was, and then the people were like in the back. So now Chris is driving you home, and didn't you guys run out of gas or almost run out of gas? Yeah, because of Chris, because he's, he's <laughs> taking the wrong roads. I go, Chris, you got to read more. You got to learn. You know, you know, you can't be so slow. Uh, he, he wasn't sure guy. what the E stood for. I know. But see, everyone asked me. I used to see people, comics, come over to me. They go, what are you doing in a place like this? I go tomorrow night because I'm at Morristown Center for the Arts and that's sold out. It's got 1,500 people. And I go, you always need a place to warm up. We're comics. We don't judge the place. You got to work on your material. Bobby, you just did an hour and 20 minutes. I needed to work. I needed to get my rhythm, my timing. I wanted to see where, which, where direction it was going. That's what we use audiences for. What makes you laugh the most? Oh, God. I... I look at different things, different ways, you know, uh, you know, like politics makes me laugh. I mean, I hear people nowadays, they're all, oh my God, how could this guy, this and that, you know, I've known Donald Trump for 27 years. You know, uh, if you can't, I used to be able to, from New York, look at and sit in a subway as a kid and look over at these other people on the subway and look in their eyes and go, wow, why is this guy putting on like he's this and that? when he's so insecure and he doesn't see, and other people don't see that. We used to look and look in people and see it. I'm still amazed that people can't see Donald Trump for what he is or who he is, you know? And, and that's, that's to my credit, because I grew up in New York and we were brought up like that, to look in people. And, uh, you know, politics makes me laugh. And now people get upset when somebody that's a selfish narcissist piece of shit is making the rest of the country uh, and lying over 20,000 times and people are standing up for him. I'm surprised people can't look and just see what he's making this speech. I crack up because he's bullshitting. And then my wife will go, what are you laughing at? Look what this man's saying. I go, honey, he's a joke. People don't see that. So things like that make me laugh. So you don't like Donald Trump? I don't like any politician. <laughs> and then when I work for him, he, uh, I, my wife, don't say anything. Don't do political stuff. You know, this is the new president. I opened up. I said, ladies and gentlemen, they introduced me. I go, and our new president is here, Donald J. Trump. They all applauded. I go, I guess orange is the new black. Yeah. And they cracked up. They That's cracked great. up. And afterwards, he came over to me with his administration boys, you know. Uh, we represent the lollipop kill the <laughs> and he said to me he goes hey bobby did you did you vote for me i said uh Daddy, i would have rather voted for el chapa <laughs> <laughs> they all laughed he didn't he didn't laugh no i didn't give a shit play it light play both sides i always do show politics democrat republican show how ridiculous it both is right Right. Very true. And let them decide. So during this pandemic, you're you're not you know getting out a lot. You, you filmed a couple of things. Have you been watching any uh, any funny movies, any comedies that you're enjoying? No, 
No, I don't. Uh, you know, everybody, Bobby, did you see this movie on Netflix? Did you see? No, no. I uh, I keep myself busy with my uh, the wife. Like today, I did a four mile walk with three women. So I wanted to buy a gun and shoot my. You know, you're walking, and they walk. It's what time? Not like you, hey, you know. What time did you get up to do this? Nine thirty. They leave. Come back by ten thirty. We did four and a half, almost six miles. Excuse me. Knock me out. And then I have to do all phone work. Then I have people reaching out. There's a new television show and they're asking me to be a host of it. And I got to find out the validity of how strong the people are. And I found out the guy's very strong. But uh, what is going on? Nothing's going on now except, sure, I'd be up for that. I would do that. You know, I remember after I did VH1, VH1 stand-up spotlight, they all wanted me to be a game show host. And I didn't want to do that. I just didn't want to. Now all the guys are doing it. This one, that one. Everybody's doing the whole, you know, the whole gamut. I, I don't want to do that stuff. I read Drew Carey makes a million dollars an episode doing Prices Right. A million an episode? A million an episode. And if you knew Drew Carey, you would say, thank God. <laughs> He's a nut. Drew's a great guy. Yeah. Matter what of fact, of he came from an old neighborhood in Cleveland. He went back and built a, like a castle in his old neighborhood. I go, you could live anywhere in the country. Why'd you pick your old neighborhood? Bobby, I feel very comfortable here. <laughs> That's great. What kind of show are they interested in you in? Uh, like a uh, hosting show for a, uh, where I would go to a celebrity's home. I can't tell you that much about, but, and you, you see their home and how they live and make fun and laugh. That sounds like a good premise. I could see you at that. I yeah. could see you. I, I could very easily have seen you do uh, go the game show uh, route. You'd be excellent. Well, I'd have fun, and they the guys get a lot of money. I you was kidding. They, they, call, the they call Bobby Collins the new John Davidson. Yeah, right. I was kidding uh, Tim Allen the other day. They start shooting this show with uh, Last Man Standing or something. I don't know. Uh, sure, do you know that show? Uh, the Tim Allen comedy, yeah. Last Standing Man or something. Last, last Man Standing. Yeah, and I go like this. You get you get $1.1 million for doing it, and you do 16 a year? He yeah. goes, yeah. I go, I want to do that. <laughs> and they're starting it up again at the end of this in August. Crazy. Hmm. Oh, man. You know, the, the time just flew by on this show. It did. Now I'm thinking about writing, putting a, a role for Bobby in my sitcom that I'm writing. I'm in. I'm in. Uh, Bobby hmm. could be like the cab driver. Hey, I, uh, you'd be like, hey, where you want to go? Yeah. And that's what you can say. I, and, and then you can, you can complain about, uh, about too much noise. Because you don't like a lot of noise. That's your character. That's your back character. You, you don't like well, too much noise. You grew up a in a sitcom. big household, too much noise. Somebody gave me a sitcom thing. And the, uh, what was the name of it? Where I'm a doorman, a New York City doorman. And the catch of it is, what? I could see that too. Yeah, and you're, you're friendly and nice to all the people coming. And the old man, this old man who lived on the 20th floor, you knew he was rich, but he was just a gentleman and he loved to always like coming down to talk to me. You know, that one guy. And then unbeknownst to me, he dies. Everyone felt bad, you know, because the people that liked him and everything. And then they found out, that he owned the building and he left it to me, the doorman. Hmm. 
Sounds and, like Mr. Deeds. Well, and, uh, and, and they had it <laughs> written out and everything, and it was a lot of fun. It, and, uh, I forget the name of it, but it went nowhere. Not that it, they tried. They didn't try. It's dead. It's sitting. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. <laughs> I'm hoping to be a co-host on the new uh, uh, remake of the uh, Uncle Floyd show. And <laughs> if I can just, I would love to. <laughs> Let me go to the porta potty. <laughs> you guys, All right. Bob, man, it is—it really is a pleasure, man, seeing you again. I—I I, I miss you out here. I can't wait till this whole freaking thing is over, oh, so get back out on the East Coast, uh, we can get back out in the West. Have you Coast. performed? Have you performed at all? Yeah. Yes, I've, I've been performing pretty much every weekend, uh, but doing uh, doing parking lot shows, doing shows outside under tents. Uh, there's a club in uh, Queens called QED that they happen to have a backyard. Uh, it's Christian Finnegan's uh, wife's club. Um, they have a, 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 a patio in the backyard. So I just did that uh, last week. Uh, this weekend, I'm also uh, out in Queens somewhere. So, uh, yeah, Good I mean, you. Uh, I need the batting practice. I need I need it. I did a commencement speech for uh, some college in Boston. That was it. Made had fun doing. But are, are you writing <laughs> still? Yeah, I'm writing new stuff. You know, like you know, uh, uh, you know, these kids. Everything now is uh, computers, uh, phones. Uh, LOL. Yeah. What about us? We. What about us? Uh, uh, GTD. I gotta go to the doctors. FWICIH. I forgot why I came in here. You know, things like that. That's awesome. That's how, he, that's how he's doing. He's relating to the youth. LOL. <laughs> LOL. Little pricks. <laughs> they live on their phones. They think it's real. That's not oh real. You know what? Don't um don't put down the uh or, or quit on the Zoom shows. They're not bad, and they're great ways of trying out new material. They really are like they're really kind of like open mics. Okay, now Bob, here's the truth. They're fucking horrible. They're not that bad. Oh, stop. They're not that bad. They're horrible. It's the worst thing ever. I'm never doing them again. Sure, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm going to do one just to see how it is. But, you know, I, I got to get I got to get the writing done and all that. You know, I miss traveling and getting on a plane. I mean, I, I've canceled every – I haven't been home for two weeks in 40 years. Wow. That I, I mean, that's right. You're always going, like, from Florida to – New York. Right. I mean, right. every, every time I'm talking to you, you, you know, you're fl you're flying out at some weird hour on right. Sunday morning or Monday, and you're just hoping to get back to your place in time so you can get your shit together and go right. And for yeah. you to just be stabilized in L.A., wow, that's uh. not like for you. And is your wife is your right is your wife ready to kill you yet? Yes, she is. It's called <laughs> domestic violence, and I <laughs> want to uh, But it, it's. If I was going to be anywhere, though, to be honest with you, you know, I miss my apartment in New York. But if I was going to be anywhere, it's the bubble out here. You know, we got the pool. Uh, I'll go on the pool. Uh, I, I run down to the ocean. It's six blocks. I'll run in, dunk, jump, run in, come back out. It's cold here, though. Very cold. What do you mean cold? What's cold? The water. The water. What's cold? Like, what, what, what's the temperature where you guys are? 60. Wow. No, the temperature outside? Yes. No, right now it's like 74. It's always cooler here by the ocean. That's you go maybe pretty cold you, for August. Yeah, oh yeah. You walk, honestly, we did that walk six miles. You walk in three miles, it's 88, 87. 
That's how cool it is by the ocean. It's, it's beautiful here. It's nice. But the people, oh, my God, you talk about racism. You talk about it's these they don't they didn't grow up like we did. They didn't they don't get it. You know, you they're very they're really white privileged. Huh? You can tell. You can tell. You miss New York. Yeah. I love You're New, a New Yorker York. at heart. And yeah. I can't wait to get the hell out of here and move to LA. What is <laughs> wrong with me? Where you live in now, Sean? I'm in I'm in Bayonne, New Jersey. Nice. Nice. Yeah. But I love LA. I would move I, there in a heartbeat. It's it's just different. You know, it is different. It's very different. The sharp kids that I run into, parents that my wife knows, and their kids, they go to New York to NYU or that. They're never coming back. They love New York. Yeah. It's, and every time I fly out to LA, I cry on the way back because I miss it. Is New- <laughs> I miss LA. Is New York the same now that it was six months ago? And will it ever be the same as what it was? Same thing oh, with I- LA. Yeah, I, I think it will be. Uh, I've never seen more helicopters and stuff around California in my life. In my life. I mean, businesses are, are leaving by every day, like on Fifth Avenue, Neiman Marcus, uh, Victoria's Secret, all these big businesses are looking to just leave. And then you have a city council here that wants to take those vacant buildings and put the homeless in it. I mean, uh, the plans that they have are insane. So it's it's like what, what we remember New York to be six months ago in L.A., is it going to be that way when we get a vaccine? Because I think there'll be a vaccine, you know, fairly soon. But will well, the cities be, be back? You know, my brother died of COVID. And, I didn't know uh, that. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I, no problem. But uh, that's why I'm bringing a class action with some other people, class action lawsuit, a civil lawsuit to, uh, against the president of the United States. Donald J. Trump. 157,000 people are dead and you didn't see this coming and do anything about it and you're still lying about it? Not when my brother's dead. It's, that makes it too real, man. That makes I it know. too real. I know. And it happens then when you open the schools and you have these parents wanting to get away from the kids and one of them die immediately. You're going to go, why did we open these schools? Yeah, they're We're not going open they're not open them. I no, I think I think you're wrong. I think they will open the schools. New York will uh, open. New Jersey is not going to open yeah. schools. New York, hell of high water. Unless we got past that three percent mark, they are going to open. Cuomo wants it open as much as Trump does. He's been talking about this since the beginning, and he used the analogy of the valves. If we're going to have people go back to work, you can't have kids sit at home. And that, and New York City schools are basically glorified uh, daycare centers. And what about that moron governor de- disasters down in <laughs> down no. in Florida? He oh, opened it all up. More died. Yeah, no yeah. disaster. Yeah. Well, did you see what happened in, in uh, two school districts outside of Atlanta? They went back to school on Monday. Um, and the hallways were crowded and no one's wearing a mask and the defense is, it's optional. It should be right. no fucking option. Well, it's why, great New, Jer- New Jersey's doing this. Governor Murphy just went like this. Oh, I govern the whole state. Well, here's what we're going to do. Every town, you do whatever you want. I don't want to oh, be involved in it. I don't want to be involved. I run, the, I run the thing, but I don't right. want to be involved. Right. No leadership. Any other president would have taken this thing by the balls. All right, you have to wear a mask. You're going to get fine. You have to have social distancing. We want this thing out. You want your kid to die? You don't hear this. You're hearing all this, oh, 
Fauci and this and that one. I'm going, are you people out of your mind? We've never lived, the three of us sitting there, comics, we make people laugh. We make people hold up a mirror and look at themselves. Now we're look, having everyone look at themselves, even us. And we're going, what, what's going on? We've never experienced some, this, something like this ever. Isn't it yep. amazing? Did you ever think that you would feel bad for a live nation who that has, that has lost 98% of their business? Live nation that owns all the, the concert venues and they, they control all the tickets and you know they have they have lost ninety eight percent of their business and there's no sign of this coming back right now. Uh, it, it'll it'll be back. It'll I, I think, think right. come January. January. I think you're right. That's when I'm taking my dates from January on. So you're pretty much done for 2020. Well, I'm booked. Uh, September, I got two two weekends. I'm not going to probably take them. Uh, one, you'll get a kick out of this. I was supposed to be down in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And you know Richie Minavini? Oh, sure. yeah. And Richie was my going to open for me. And I called them about a month beforehand. I go, guys, I'm sorry. I got a special needs kid. I can't get sick. And I don't want to bring anything home to her. So I'm going to cancel. And they moved it to September. And Richie's, they made him the headliner. So uh, he called me up. He goes, that was the smartest thing you ever did. I go, why? He goes, it was sold out for you. I go, yeah, but I couldn't do it because of my daughter. And I go, how many did you have Friday night? He goes, 27 people first show, 39 the second show. The place seats, maybe 300. I go, I go, just curious, Rich. To people in South Carolina, because I know them, uh, 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 uh. I go, just curious, the people in South, did they wear masks? Because Bobby, not one person had a mask. I go, did they social distance? They go, they don't know what that is. I can imagine social distance in a room that holds 300 people and there's under 40 people. They don't know. They don't, they, they you know, <laughs> it's the South. You know, we're going to make America great again. You know, when you, when you, it's crazy. It's crazy. It really is, man. Well, uh, I, I, I hope, I hope that this can't end fast enough for me. It really can. I know. Me. I want to get up. I'm glad to hear that you're up there. At least, you know, you're in batting practice. You know, I'm a little bit like, well, what bit would I do? Oh, that's that's a little bit, uh, you know, passe now. What bit can I do now to, ooh, you know, talk about, <clears throat> you know, I went in for this and I went in, what's going on? The, uh, you know, the NRA, what, see what I mean? But you know what the thing is, like, you're writing, I, you know, yeah. I, I, I write and then you, like, where are you going to work it out? How are you going to like, you know, what are you, you going to do? Because I have all these papers piled up and that's why I, I'm suggesting try the Zoom shows and not bad. At least it puts the word, you get the words out. You get, you do get you stand questions. up? No. You oh, like but this Bobby, you, you, you get these fucking people who, who bring a microphone and it's not plugged in. And they're and they're doing it against a a, a fake brick wall, or or, or uh, the uh, the brick wall that is superimposed in uh, the background. Right, right. Uh, no, I'd rather order Greek food and watch my big fat Greek wedding for the four hundred thirteenth time. <laughs> you you watched that movie? One of my favorite <laughs> movies ever. What the? Hey, fuck? I started to What's watch Good Times. Uh, not Good Times. What is it? Uh, Casino. I don't remember it. I watched I it last night. Watch. It was wonderful. I love Casino it. Casino is an all time great. I know. I was like, oh, did I forget this? Uh, did you, go. Bobby, did you know that Jeff was in The Irishman? 
Was he? Yeah. Jeff, I didn't know this. You're such a fucking liar. <laughs> you know, you're not that good of an actor. I, I went like this. There he is. He's walking through. There he is. <laughs> uh, you know, in in Casino, Paul. I really think Sharon Stone is so underrated. In uh, that movie. Everybody uh, talks about it. You know, you know Pesci and, and De Niro. Sharon Stone, man, was incredible. Wonderful. Wonderful. And my hero was in that movie, too, Don Rickles. Yeah. Oh, right. Right. All you had to do is just kind of stand there and get beat up. Yep, pretty much. Guys, I'm going to watch the last night, two o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Bobby, it's been a pleasure. We we really appreciate you coming out and doing this. Uh, Jeff, Sean, thank you guys for having me. It was a piss to say hi to everyone you run into. We'll do. uh, Be safe. Be careful. And uh, hey, man, we miss you. Uh, We got a great one coming up next week. Guys, uh, we have comedian Larry Bayer and New York State Assemblyman Charles Full. So you're not going to want to miss that one. We do. Uh, we talk politics, everything on this show, Bob. Uh, I know we did. Yeah. And if fucking Journey comes up next week, I'm done. It's my last episode. <laughs> well, we have we have two African American guests. I doubt if that. Well, I don't know what Larry. Who he? I'm dark. Look at me, African American. Black Lives Matter. On that note, I don't know if we we could we could edit this, right, Adam? Shut up, you wise ass <laughs> comics. We're not racist. We're, we we cut through the lines. We're everything. Of course, of course. All right, All right guys. guys. Take care, everybody. Bye, we'll see you next see week. You guys later. Thank you, Bobby. <laughs>